gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the internet. Here in the basement of the Great Hall of Justice are the most powerful forces for good podcasting ever assembled. This is the DC Superpowers Podcast. This looks like a job for Superman. To the Batmobile. My name is John Jones. I am the Green Arrow. Hey, super friends, welcome back to the DC Superpowers Podcast, issue number 127 for New Comic Book Day, January 30th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Ken Rose, and sitting along here with me in the basement of the Hall of Justice is my good buddy, Vern. What's up, everybody? Hey, Vern, we're back. Yes, we are. So this is good because... Of- Another fun, filled week with uh, some young justice at a two-hour spot. Yeah, that was kind of cool that they put four episodes out, but they it was weird the way they did the release schedule on this anyway. Yeah, I didn't know how they were going to do that, because we were trying to figure out how they were going to do those last couple episodes, but then we got to find out. Yeah, they just gave us four episodes all at once. So, but we have, um, that is today, we will be talking Young Justice and some of the, uh, what happened this season, this half of the season. We also yeah. have Still got some, more coming up. Yeah. We have some uh, other great news out of D. There's some strange news coming from DC too. The, a lot of things are restructuring and getting reworked. So we'll talk about all that. Plus, remember, we at the end of every show we do have our pull list for the Janu- for January 30th, and there's a lot of books coming out this week because it's annual week again. Once again, yeah. So let's jump right in. And the first one is actually the big news that DC Comics at the top of the company has had some restructuring. And some changing of some things. Yeah, they're refor- uh, refocusing on some of their publishing. And we'll get a little bit more into that from the other uh, news we got here. Yeah. So it says here that um, Hollywood Reporter um, ran this story originally. Uh, and I had I had actually seen it on Bleeding Cool before that. The rumors of possibly this happening. And the, um, the theories were the things like um, that we were getting news that they, Dan DiDio and Jim Lee may be out and things of this nature. We found out, no, they actually have no problem. The publishing side of this isn't, the, isn't a problem. But Warner Brothers has come down and actually made some major changes to the anything that was not directly involved with publishing. We found out that um, yeah. seven staff members have been cut from the D.C., after their meetings, and that included the Vice President of Sales Trade Marketing, John Cunningham, Vice President of Consumer Marketing, Eddie uh, Scannell, and the Senior Vice President of Art Director, or Senior Vice President Art Director, Mark Chiarello. Now, on top of that, DC's in-house merchandise and collectibles wings, DC Collectibles, will be moving under the control of Warner Brothers Consumer Products, um, which is itself going through a restructuring at the moment. And it could see 10% of its workforce going, leaving also. Yeah. So Warner Brothers is doing yeah. some major changes here. You yeah, know, they I, are. Um, it's one of the things where, like, the books and the entertainment get separated a little bit. Then they're going to have to restructure some stuff because of just certain uh, company projects. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's great that they're focusing on the actual um, what DC Comics is, as in a comic book company. But it's like right. DC Collectibles, they're not going away, but moving under a different place, getting rid of not going to worry as much about trade sales and things like that and focus more on actual books, it looks like. Um, 
Now, it says here that um, there was a memo sent out to the staff about the layoffs and restructuring by Pam Lilford, which is the Warner Brothers Global Brands and uh, Experiences president, who oversees both DC Comics and Warner Brothers consumer products. Uh, and she noted that there are other divisions of DC that, quote, are not fully dedicated to supporting the publishing business uh, and could see more potential changes in the future. Otherwise, the memo did note that at least when it comes to making comics, DC is uh, DC is in for the long haul. So no matter what, they're going to make comics. Everything around okay. the comics may be um, taking hits and stuff. Uh, and this is actually directly quoted. We have a little bit of here from the actual uh, memo that was sent out. It says, We recognize and appreciate that all of our employees have made considerable contributions to our business and that it is difficult to lose colleagues, many of whom have been here for the long t- for a long time and have made important an important impact on DC. We thank them for their hard work and dedication to DC. As always, we are committed to taking care of our employees and will be thoughtful as or as thoughtful as possible with those who are impacted by these changes. Together with Dan and Jim and the executive or yeah, executive team, we have spent time assessing DC's business as well as the comic book publishing landscape. DC is going to back to its roots of delivering epic stories with our world-class characters, stories, and brands. Being a premier house of storytelling will never go out of style, and we intend to ultimately serve or super serve our existing fans while providing new compelling content that engages and excites even more fans around the globe. Rest assured, the direct market will remain at the heart of our business and will continue to be one of our greatest strengths. Now, the direct market is actually your comic book shop, so that's your individual issues and stuff. So it looks like they're going to focus on making sure they have books out and getting them out in a timely fashion and worry about the storytelling and not so much about everything else around it. It's going to be uh, interesting what they're going to go forward from here with the going to be the one they get out first and I switch over to to focus on more. Yeah. It's going to be a have, fall, maybe. Mm-hmm. And like you said earlier, we have back in the comic book side of this, we do have a little bit more news about some of the changes that are happening at DC that may have something to do with this also. So we'll get to that in a minute, though. But I, I think we should go from that. We need to talk about some Young Justice. I'm looking at all these different characters. Yeah. It's well, like well, a little <laughs> A little overwhelming. We uh, found the list of everything here from uh, – I was looking up some of the characters trying to figure out, like, who are these people. Yeah. <laughs> well, Screen Rant put out a uh, list of – they say – according to them, it's every minor DC cameo from this season. And they have 30 different characters on here. Some of them are really, oh, really obscure, but that's awesome because that means the creators of Young Justice – are uh, digging deep into the DC universe, and if they can pull a character from DC, they're going to pull it. They're not going to create a brand-new character um, when they have something that they can use that's already available. Yeah, I had to go on Google here to try to find uh, some of them. Couldn't find everybody. Yeah. Uh, well, um, they are very mi- some of them are very minor. They only mm-hmm. got like even a couple things up on them. And some of them are just from Young Justice, the comic book. Yeah. Well, also, some of the really cool ones is, uh, like, Cisco Ramon was actually in the last one of the last couple episodes. Yeah, you I missed, missed that, that. originally. Like, totally. I first thought it was Blue Beetle. Mm-hmm. But we don't. It's not just DC characters. Like um, back, remember the United Nations uh, scene from the first episode had a character called um, Kaizen Gamora, who was the ambassador from United Relasia, 
And that's actually a Wildstorm yep. character. And yeah, in Wildstorm, um, he was the ruler of the rogue nation of Gamora. Yeah, very big guy. Like, mm-hmm. He's a villain in the comics. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple other ones, like... Um, the it, back in this that first couple episodes again, they had the farmer that comes out to uh, chase everybody off. Nicholas uh, Stovka was a character that was just in one episode of Outsiders number fourteen, or one issue of Outsiders number fourteen back in the eighties. Mm, okay, so um, it was it was a character that was in there, but he really wasn't um, didn't have any much to do there. Then we get two characters like we have seen. Um, New Gods characters like Mantis was actually a character out of the New Gods comic books. Um, yeah, I looked him up, and I, I did not know. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing him. He looks a lot different, of course, but uh, he looks more like a Mantis in this one. Yeah. Well, one of Halo's actual um, visions that she gets about her previous life, they show uh, uh, Markovian skinhead, and the character actually in the credits is, rec- or is credited as Wilhelm Vittings, which... Yeah, I saw him too. I never uh, really deep comic book fans may recognize um, that he was actually a puppet of the Psycho Pirate at one point. It was one of the candidates who ran for the post of um, Markovia's prime minister as the country transitioned into an absolute monarchy to a constitutional monarchy um, with a parliament back in the books. And this was back during the Outsiders run. Mm, so, okay. um, but then we got bigger ones like Steve Lombard. Most people have heard of him because he was the sports guy at the Daily Planet for years and still is yeah, in the comic books. He actually has his own um, TV show and radio show going, and he was the one. And of the ones... he's also, I have to say, he's just in the recent uh, Man of Steel and uh, Batman vs Superman movies. Mm-hmm. But he's in here as um, talking about Vic Stone. There's deep cuts everywhere. But um, it, what do you want to touch on with Young Justice this season? Would you taken? Oh wait, we do got to mention Harper Rowe is in this Bluebird. Yep. Which is interesting to see if she's going to become a superhero and actually um, join the team at some point for the second half of the season. Uh, we'll see because we also, like we said, we uh, finally got Cyborg in here, and turns out I mentioned in in a couple episodes he was already becoming a superhero. Hmm. Um. Trying to see who else we could get to pull out of this list here. Oh, uh, who's that? On Henry Fife, Faith. Uh, let me find it here. Name right. I'm scrolling through also. Uh, so he was uh in the uh, recent uh Green Arrow Rebirth uh, issues in the first couple. He was like their tech guy. Is that up towards the top of the list? Uh, kind of sort. He was the one um Halo and uh. Oh, okay, I see Tiger here. Yes, and they never actually say his name at all in the episode itself. It's just in the credits no, of the they episode. Don't. Uh, so he he looks like he was basically um Felicity in the comic books. Right. Um, and also you had, uh, was this Ron Evers? He was, uh, in the recent, uh, rebirth, uh, cyborg comics as a bad guy, like the clone of, uh, or doppelganger of cyborg tried to be just like him, but an evil version. Okay. A lot of them, uh, I mean, they I'm pretty sure they've been in comics before, but I really didn't get to know or heard their name until the rebirth issues. Yeah. It'll be interesting though. Like I said, we saw Cisco as the equipment manager for the, for, um, the Henry Haywood high school football team. Are we going to see Vibe then? I'm hoping. I'm hoping we still get to see uh, Raven and um, Starfire too. Yeah. I don't think this is going to be a one season and done series because this seems like it's getting a lot of buzz. A lot of people are loving um, having Young Justice back. Hopefully we'll get another season and you get, and as they've done with every season so far, we get a jump ahead every season. Mm-hmm. So we'll have another full set of heroes for the for season four possibly. 
Yeah, I want this thing to keep going on. Mm-hmm. This goes it, up there to me with uh, uh, Justice League. Yeah, and actually, I think this is—I I think this is probably my favorite DC animated series I've seen yet. It is it goes even deeper in and pulling more out of the comics even than Young Ju- or than Justice League and Batman the animated series did. Because a lot of those made some of their own characters, but they kind of worked with what everybody already knew. Mm-hmm. Young Justice is pulling stuff that a lot of people never heard of and making you go back and look, okay, who is this person? Right. Um, yeah, both of those go on there for me. I don't know which one I would say I like better, but they're they're both up there surprised, and I didn't know I was going to uh, enjoy Young Justice as much as I did first uh, seeing that. Yeah. Well, next up from there, cause Young Justice was awesome. We're going to be talking about it more in the coming weeks as we um, – because I'm going to do another rewatch of it just to see what I missed because that's the one thing with Young Justice is – you can watch it again and again. You're going to catch new stuff every time. Yeah. So I need to do an actual watch through and take notes and figure out what's going on on some of this. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there we missed. Uh, like we say, we got this little Easter egg of the characters in here, but we'll talk. definitely be talking more about it. And I'm glad we finally got a Metamorpho and a Katana in there. Yes. And then we got um, – remember, we still do – we see that uh, Darkseid – is already has his machinations running on Earth because we, I mean, DC Comics fans know for a long time G. Gordon Godfrey is Glorious Godfrey from um, Apocalypse. He's basically yeah. Darkseid's media guy. He's just press the press secretary for Darkseid, basically. And we know that um, Granny Goodness is on Earth making the good goggles. Yeah, when I saw her name, I'm like, oh no, don't trust her. You can't trust her. Oh no. But it's interesting. She's been and she's obviously been on Earth for a long time because she's got the company going and everything else. Unless she like took the place of someone who was already there. But I think she's been there for a long time. Yeah, she's been uh, playing this for a minute. Uh, the technology just can't just come in like that. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes. We gotta wait till June for new episodes, though. So, but we're gonna make some notes and maybe we'll do a special episode at some point here about Young Justice season three. No, oh, okay. So, but let's move on here. Um, next up. We have some news from the Batwoman pilot. Yeah, I got some casting news. Mm-hmm. So it looks like um, they've cast three. We know, Now, we knew Ruby Rose was in this. But, and it's interesting right, with the character descriptions here, who they've cast in this. And knowing this is a Greg Berlanti show, you can see what roles some of these characters are going to fill. Because of knowing the way they've built the other CW shows. Uh, we do have, right. we know that um, Megan Tandy from Teen Wolf uh, Cameras Johnson, that's been in Luke Cage, and Nicole Kang from Lifetime's You have all been cast to play lead roles in the Batwoman se- t- or, um, television series. Now, the uh, the pilot, well, it's a pilot so far. We don't even know if there's going to be a series yet because it's not made it. But the pilot is written by Carolyn Dries, and it's directed by David Nutter, which is actually, he's a, they're both, I believe, um, veterans to the CW Arrowverse. Now, Tandy is going to play Sophie Moore. Now, all three of these are characters from the Batwoman comics and the DC Universe in general. But um, Tandy is going to play Sophie Moore, who, after graduating from Military Academy, Sophie rose through the ranks to become a high-level private security agent and one of Gotham's staunchest protectors. Despite her her bite and regimented outlook, Sophie has a soft side illuminated by Kate Kane's return. So th- to me, that described me. That sounds more like a um, Diggle type character. Yeah, uh, I think that's going to be their hard Diggle on this show. Then mm-hmm. that's what I'm thinking. 
Uh, the next one is definitely the Felicity character because um, Johnson is cast to pay to play uh, Luke Luke Fox, Luke, who if yeah, anybody doesn't Luke, know Lucius Fox's son. is Lucius Fox's son. Yes, he's a Dark Knight loyalist and son to Bruce Wayne's R and D director Lucius Fox. Luke works to keep Luke Wayne Tower secure in its in his boss's absence, while Luke considers himself the guardian of all things Batman, specifically his symbol. He also recognizes the city needs or the city's need for a new hero. Now, if anybody also anybody doesn't catch it, Luke Fox in the comic books is also Batwing. Right. So he'll probably become a superhero like we've seen before, Cisco Ramon, mm-hmm. uh, becoming a uh, vibe. Uh, and Felicity's Killer Diggle. Frost. Or not Felicity. Yeah, um, so it, we, um, Caitlin we've seen it before. Miss Killer Frost. Yeah, so this is going to be the um, Felicity or Caitlin and Cisco role. And it, probably, I see, by the end of the first season, if we get an entire season, which we probably will, we're going to probably see him become Batwing. Yeah. Because he's a tech guy already. Season, next season. Mm-hmm. And I believe in the books, doesn't he have his own company separate? He has, like, Fox Tech or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Um... No, no, and I think it was also created with uh, they did the new Fifty Two. I might be yeah. wrong. He might have been there before that. Well, he was a part of Batman Incorporated and all that stuff. He, also, yes. Um, so we're gonna get to see this. I want to see how far they can go with this. Hopefully, and if we're right about everything, this might take the place of Arrow. That's that's what I'm thinking. I don't know. We don't know for sure yet. But um, the last actress that's in this is Nicole Kang, and she's playing Mary Hamilton. And the description is excitable or excitable, talkative. And an influencer in the making, Mary is Kate Kane's stepsister and polar opposite. But what Mary lacks in filter, she makes up for with her compassion for Gotham's underserved communities, providing she has more in, or proving she has more in common with Kate than she thinks. So it looks like she's going to be working. Kate Kane will work behind the scenes as the vigilante, where she's going to work on the surface trying to get everything done. Mm. So it's going to be interesting to see where we go with this. Um, and this is, like I said, this is part of the Arrowverse. We've already seen Kate Kane in the Elseworlds crossover. And I believe she, we're supposed to see more of her this year, the rest of this season on Arrow, uh, at least once or twice. Yeah, um, and I'm waiting for the crossover with Supergirl, too, World's Finest. I'm hoping they give us that. Yeah, well, at some point. Well, if the Batwoman gets a series, then it gets, goes to full series, then, yeah, we're definitely going to get that at some point. So, uh, but we also got some more news here. Oh, yeah. Well, next one, we got to go over to the DC Universe. And we have information for Titans season two. We have some casting, and with that, we're gonna we got some new characters that a lot of um, fans and I know you're huge about this. That um, we yeah, we kind of expected this and was hoping after we saw it on a uh, Arrow. Yeah, well, it looks like we have um, well the casting. Let's go for the casting first. We have an actual casting notice for a character. And it's looking for deaf actors. I'm the casting associate for on season two of the DC superhero series Titans. And we recently released the below breakdown because of the context of the role. We would really like, uh, we would really like to look for actors who are deaf or hearing impaired and are fluent in ASL, which is American sign language. If you know any current or former students who might fit the, below description please send them my way or have them send their contact rep info to my email thanks and the role is a male 21 to 24 mixed latino or mixed asian as a young boy max which we know is not going to be the right name max was a kind-hearted soul who 
never measured up to the expectations of his domineering, domineering military father. Bullied by his peers, he retreated even further inward. He's a misfit who's always longer or longed to, or for acceptance and love, but never found it. Always suffering betrayal by those he dared to believe in most. As a result, he's grown up into a young man who now longs to inflict pain on all those who have caused him pain. It says 7 to 13 series regular. Uh, please submit actors who are deaf or hard of hearing and note any actors who are fluent in ASL. So now tag that with rumors we're hearing. Now, this already, any Titans fans already know who this is. That's It's kind oh, of yeah, hard is, not to say it. Yeah, this is uh, Jericho. Yeah, this is going to be Jericho, which is Slade Wilson, a.k.a. Deathstroke's son. And we do have so, other... Huh? I would say if we are getting casting for this, is this a, a death thumbs up we're going to get um, Deathstroke? Well, according to the ha- that hashtag show, which is usually pretty close on some of this stuff, uh, there has been a casting we know for Jericho. Obviously, we just said that. But according to sources in the hashtag show also, um, Slade Wilson is actually supposed to be... Um, or we're supposed to get Deathstroke and Ravager this season also. Now, the description that everybody's calling for Deathstroke is, uh, Slade Wilson is the character responsible for causing the deterioration of his family because of his behavior. The show is looking for an Asian, Latinx, or Caucasian actor between the ages of 40 and 55. In the show, Deathstroke is seeking revenge against those who betrayed him after being forced into an early retirement, which is an interesting take on him because in the comics, he's never actually retired as far as I know. Right. Um, like Unless, I said, it's going to be a different take on it, but yeah. he can always come out of retirement too. Yeah. That maybe maybe once he gets the icon suit, he's able to come back out or something. <laughs> Sorry so, about that. Dog's in here. Oh, that's okay. But uh, for Ra- it says for Ravager, AKA Rose Wilson, the show is looking for a mixed Asian or Latinx actress between the ages of 18 and 21 who can play a resilient hurt woman who is trying to replace the family her father ruined, which both of them are pretty close to who their characters are in the books too. Comics. Yeah. So, but that's all so the, like a, huh? I was say, it seems like we're going to get our Titan lineup pretty good here. It seems like they're advancing pretty fast. Cause it seems like we got the first generation of Titans was Jericho, but yeah. I guess it makes sense to add in the whole family. Well, it's going to be interesting because we saw in Young Justice, at the very end, we do get to see Tara, and she gets, at the very end, she is rescued, and we find out she's actually working with Slade, who's part of the League of Shadows in this. So we get right. kind of a Titan story in Young Justice. So then it's going to yeah, be cool to see that on Titans, we're going to get Deathstroke. On Young Justice, we're getting Deathstroke. Deathstroke's showing yeah. up everywhere right now. He's a good character. Uh, we got him in Arrow, too, so... Mm-hmm. Now they're looking for someone to play Deathstroke. Manu Bennett was perfect for it. They should just bring him over, even if even though it's not the same universe or anything. He was awesome on Arrow as Slade Wilson. That's why I was wondering, like, could they do that? Oh, they could if they wanted to. <laughs> but um, from there though, we get to move into movie news, and Aquaman has done it. Aquaman, yeah, I was wondering if this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. As of this weekend, Aquaman's worldwide box office gross is now one million ninety one thousand six hundred sixty nine or wait, one billion, sorry, ninety one million <laughs> six hundred sixty nine thousand one hundred and ninety seven dollars, which puts it into first place of all DC movies ever. Wow. 
And it's in rarefied air of superhero movies that have actually um, crossed the $1 billion mark. And it's only been in theaters six weeks. So DC's done it again. Yes. It, fi- it knocked off The Dark Knight Rises was the highest grossing DC movie of all time at $1.084 billion. Now we're at $1.091. And it's still in theaters. We still have time. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to just go up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, it was a fun, good movie, and it was very accurate with the books. Yes. Well, the interesting thing is that actually on the domestic side, where it's just America, it's actually um, not in first place. It's actually in fifth place domestic. But like I said, it's not done in its um, run yet, or it's in fourth place. Because right now it's oh, okay. at about $316 million in America only. Uh, and Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, and Suicide Squad all beat it as of right now. Wonder Woman was at 412 million in um, here in America. Batman v Superman did 130 million, which it's going to cross. That's only 15 million off. And Suicide Squad did right. 325 million domestically. So it's probably going to beat those who may not beat Wonder Woman domestically, but the rest of the world is loving Aquaman right now. Oh, yeah. And that's why uh, if you watch the news this weekend, uh, they've not officially, officially confirmed it. But everything that's out there is leading to the fact that James Wan is probably coming back to do Aquaman 2. And he, remember, he was he was already been saying about some of the general ideas that he had, that he has ideas on what he wants to do for a second one if he does it. Mm, okay. Yeah, I, I know he talked about uh, he wants to get uh, some of the Justice League members in there. I don't know how they're going to go about that. or Well, we don't know well don't like know they yet. said... If you um, like we said last week, they said they're focusing on what the directors want to do. Well, if he he's the director and he wants to do it, <laughs> he, he could yeah. uh, always put other characters in there. Possibly if they, as long as he gets the go ahead, obviously. Of course. So um, congratulations to Aquaman. But next up, we get some possibly more troubling news out of Joker. Now we know the Joker has wrapped filming, and Zazie Beetz was actually talking to MTV and got some interesting um, quotes out of her here. And um, I guess she's, according to her, the, um, well, we do, we know this more information has come out. It, the Joker takes place in the eighties and it's a standalone political style movie. That's not actually part of the DCEU or the, what do they call yeah. it? The DC films or something like that. Yeah. There was, I thought it was going to be like their dark thing. I don't know. I, it, it's a, it's a difference. Not in the same universe as a uh, yeah. Aquaman Wonder Woman. Well, according to Zazie Beach, she says, I can't say anything. It's gritty and dark Gotham. I mean, I haven't seen a cut or anything. The script was great. We rewrote the whole thing while we were shooting. Literally, we would go into Todd's trailer and write the scene for the for that night and then go do it, which is kind of scary. It's like, up. wait a minute. What was wrong that they had to rewrite everything as they're going? Right. Now, uh, uh, that's not usually good. That's not, yeah, that's not normal. But uh, I guess Army Hammer, who stars in Wounds with Zazie Beats. Uh, then I guess she was in this, he was in this interview with them also. And he said, um, he then remarked that the writer was going to love to hear that the guy who wrote the script would love that. And Zazie says, um, I mean, he was there too. He was helping out. So the writer was there with him, but during hair and makeup, we'd memorize those lines and then do them. And then we'd reshoot that three weeks later. So we had to do Mm. everything then. Um, or so we had to do everything then because Joaquin lost so much weight that we couldn't do research later on. So we were um, figuring it out as we went. But Todd's quick at getting stuff done, so we always had extra time, which was great. 
So Joaquin Phoenix dropped a bunch of weight to do this role, and they wanted they needed to get the reshoots done as fast as they could before he went back to his normal um, weight. Hmm. So it's interesting because we've had all kinds of controversy on this movie already. With the, remember with the extras back a couple of months ago. Um, yeah, uh, the, the way they were being used on set wasn't uh, the best way. Yeah, they were they're supposedly not being treated well. Now we've not heard anything else about that. We know the Screen Actors Guild and Warner Brothers are supposed to be investigating it, but that's all we've heard. Uh, also, we had um, Alan ba- Alec Baldwin was supposed to be playing Thomas Wayne, and he decided not to do it after he found out what the role was like. I guess Thomas Wayne in this is supposed to be kind of a fascist. Yeah. So he didn't like the idea of that, so he decided not to do it. So it's Which is weird for Thomas Wayne being something like that yeah. anyway. So it'll be, inter- it'll be weird to see what happens here, but we never know. <clears throat> this may be one of the best movies DC's put out. Yeah, who knows? We're going to have to wait to find out. Uh, and like I said, it's going to be a different universe, so we got to go in there on a different mindset anyway. Exactly. Well, next up here, we get to move into comic book news. And this one's kind of cool because I've been waiting for a while to hear about DC Zoom and DC Inc., which we know is the new um, Young Readers in, or the YA graphic novel line and the Middle Reader, which is more a um, little bit older. Like So the YA one would be more probably like – six to 10, six to 11 years old. And then zoom would probably be more like nine to 13 or 14 because they're calling it middle grade. Yeah. Well, we found out now because anybody who's got a list of the free comic book day books, it all DC always puts up just gold title and silver title. And they never say what it is until it's almost time. Well, they've released what their gold and silver titles are going to be for this, for this year. Uh, the gold title for free comic book day is going to be, under the Moon, a Catwoman tale, free comic book day special edition, and it's going to be the gold title at the annual event, uh, free comic book day, and it'll feature a, a free chapter from the c- upcoming YA original graphic novel by New York Times bestselling author Lauren Merkel and artist Isaac Gooder- Goodhart. Now, the full graphic novel is going to be released on May 7th, where the free comic book day is actually May 4th. So you get basically a, um, the weekend before you can see if you actually, how would you think of it? Mm. Now this free comic book day special edition also includes a sneak peek at DC Inc's upcoming teen Titans Raven graphic novel by New York times and USA today, bestselling author, uh, Cami Garcia and fan favorite artist, Gabrielle Piccolo or Piccolo, which is going to be actually on shelves on July 2nd. And then the silver book is going to be um, a kid's title featuring two exp- two chapters from Dear Justice League, which is an original graphic novel for middle graders from the New York Times bestselling author Michael Northrup and artist Gustavo Duarte. Uh, it's And that book, the actual full book, is supposed to be hitting stores August 6th. Now, the free comic book day special edition will also have two excerpts or two other stories in there featuring Hawkman or Hawk Girl and Superman. Hmm. So this is going to be fun. This is going to be a great uh, way to figure out or oh, um, Hawk Girl. I uh, just found something else I didn't put on here, but she's supposed to be like a uh, Valentine's episode or an episode. Uh, that's comic. actually yeah, that's a book coming out next week. That's the um, uh, what do they call it? The hang on, I have the solicits up here too because we're going to get when we get to uh there. That's in Mysteries of Love in Space, which is the Valentine's Day special that they, um, because they put out, remember the uh, seasonal specials? Yeah. 
We're going to get to that one here in a little bit. And yeah, Hawkgirl actually has a story in there. Oh, okay. So, um, but yeah, this is going to be cool. I, I've been excited to see what they're going to do for these um, young readers and middle grade readers uh, books. And this will be a good way to gauge it and see what it's going to be like. Cool. Uh, there's only a couple things left we got in the way of news. The next one is actually kind of sad, but kind of weird to think about. We have three more cancellations from DC. Yeah. Now, this is about the right time of year. We've said, I've already said it a couple of weeks ago that um, towards the end of the year, it seems like DC cancels a couple of books, but they we've not got to WonderCon or anything else. So we don't know what's coming. So we know there's more stuff going to be launching, but they've not told us yet. So uh, the first one is a, actually a huge surprise because this book I thought was doing very well was uh, they've actually are no longer going to um, publish Titans from Dan Abnett. But I guess... Yeah, which um, is very surprising. Yeah. Well, it says here, surprisingly, it's not going to publish it. But there's um, there's a lot of new stuff they've been doing in the book that's pushing the team in a new direction. Things like, remember, when Nightwing got injured... He's no longer in the book. Donna Troy is now in charge, but they've added Kyle Rayner, which is an interesting way to take it. But it says um, there actually was an uptake in sales uh, because of the live action TV show. um, And the new creative direction seems to um, to keep seems to have been keeping people here. But DC decided to completely end the title and go for a fresh start after issue number 36 which will be actually the end of the um, Into the Bleed um, storyline, which is the one with Mother Blood and um, her armies of Unearth, remember, is on that alternate world of Unearth. So it looks like from there they're going to relaunch the title as either as Titans again or as something else. So this one's not going Maybe. away permanently. It's just they're going to reset it and restart it, I guess. Maybe it's more. As far as the other two titles. Huh? As far as the other two titles, I don't know if they're going to get the same yeah. treatment. This one, I don't think, I don't know if it's going to, um, how they're, if they're going to relaunch anything or this character, they may drop him. I don't know. Is we have found out that another one of the New Age of Heroes titles is dropping. We're losing damage, which leaves only the Terrifics and Silencer as the last two standing of those, the eight titles for the New Age of Heroes. So, um, it doesn't say when damage is going to be, uh, stopping, but. Hopefully they'll let him finish his uh, run. And it does say here that captured by Echidna, the goddess of monsters, Ethan and Congo Bill, which is awesome because he's not in here yet. It'll be cool to see Congo Bill and maybe Congorilla, which is a 60s and 70s character from DC. But they must rely on their wits as humans rather than the strength as giant powerhouses. So Congorilla will be in this um, in order to survive. But do these men stand a chance to against the mother of all colossal beasts? Find out in the shocking finale of our series. This is the final issue. So this that's from the solicit, which I believe the April solicits just came out. So the April issue of Damage is probably the last one we're going to get. And the last one kind of goes with our next story. And yeah, that is this is one I'm sad about. I was hoping yeah. this would uh, last for. At least in the issue ninety, but well, issue number thirty-six of Scooby Doo or Scooby Apocalypse is going to be the final issue. So, and actually, that's going to go into our next story here. But the solicit for this says, <clears throat> "Don't miss the series finale. It's the end of the road for the Mister for the Mystery Machine, with their mall headquarters destroyed. Daphne, Shaggy, Velma, Scooby Doo, and yes, Scrappy Doo, prepare for their final battle with." 
the Nanite King, will the resurrected Fred Jones be the key to humanity's redemption or its annihilation? And in the final chapter of our Adam Ant, Adam Ant, Adam Ant epic, all of our guest stars vote on who gets to join the Justice League. So that's a, so. it looks like in April, with issue 36, will be the end of Scooby Apocalypse. And that kind of leads into our next story here, that Hanna-Barbera, which is, is ending its relationship with DC for the moment, which is interesting because they're both owned by Warner Brothers still. Yeah, but they're going to, like, uh, separate themselves. Yeah. Um, according to sources, um, now, now this comes off of dccomicsnews.com, and it's according to sources, uh, Hanna-Barbera um, will end is going to be coming to an end, all their titles, I guess. Uh, now, the titles have been profitable and critically acclaimed. Like, Snagglepuss get, actually, I think, was uh, has been up Not for Best Comic board. of the Year in a couple places. Yeah. Well, DC's Warner Brothers executive in charge of licensing characters, or licensing the characters, has grown unhappy with the way the characters have been reinvented. Things like the 50s gay playwright version of Snagglepuss, the politically topical satire that was Flintstones and even the post-apocalyptic Scooby-Doo. Now, notably we, we know that cause I know you read, you've read a lot of these. Archie has done very similar and reinvented all of its characters in a lot more modern way. And it's done very well. Right. with them. Yeah. Well, I don't know that. Like I said, it's weird. I wish Hanna-Barbera let them keep doing this. Cause I like the more uh, adult take on, I'm not saying they have to cancel everything. Uh, but I guess for me, it's like I grew up with the uh, cartoons, and now that I'm older, I like to see it in a more mature way. It's not like they can't keep making those. You can make – we have the Scooby-Doo team-ups, and those yeah. are more uh, kid-friendly. So you can still have both. So I don't I don't know. I like all of it, but – Yeah. Well, it looks like um, what it is is Hanna-Barbera, I guess, and DC have decided they wanted to take the titles um, and do more of a traditional classical approach to aim more at the younger kids again. Um, now, this says even even titles like Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? And I'm assuming Scooby Team-Up are probably in danger of losing their current runs also. And Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? has yeah. been out for a long time. So has Scooby Team-Up. And those are the traditional style. Right. That's what's confusing me. Those are, uh, those are good. Those are what they want. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with there. But don't be surprised if those ones get the axe next. Yeah. So, and the next one, the next thing we have is we've not heard anything. Now, WonderCon, WonderCon is coming up uh, either late February or early March. I've not looked it up re- um, recently, but that we know that's coming, and that's usually where we start hearing things. But um, Brian Michael Bendis has teased that what the next big event is going to be for DC Comics. And he teased that Leviathan, the new comic event he's writing with Alex Maleev, um, in the latest... Uh, he t- teased this in the latest Jinx World newsletter inside of um, cover number five. He says Leviathan refers to the cri- – now, we know that Leviathan refers to the organ- criminal organization that uh, was introduced by Grant Morrison back on his multi-year Batman run. But it's also, if you will read Silencer, that's the organization she used to be a part of. We know um, it's run by Talia al Ghul, and it looks like this um, – that that's going to be what this new event is going to be part of. Yeah. And it says here that, um, apparently, uh, yeah, it's been, Leviathan has actually been in recent issues of Superman and action. Um, it is, and Bendis is actually going to be building towards an event. He calls monumental to the DC universe saying that he and believe have paused their creator, uh, creator owned work to create this story. Uh, this special event, 
story lets Alex do everything he's ever wanted to the D- or to do at DC, according to Bendis. Now, we don't have any other information about this. But Bendis has been just knocking these things out. Yeah. We, we know this can't happen. It'll probably be late summer if this comes in this year because we still have to finish up uh, Doomsday Clock, which is the big thing that's going on right now. Also, Crisis, they're going to probably want to finish this after Heroes in Crisis. And um, yeah, get to a point where so. they can move into something brand new. So it's going to be interesting um, yeah, to see is, in the next couple months what happens with this. Yeah, he hasn't been there for a year yet. He's just, how many books has he put out so far? Yeah, he's all over the place with this. So it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. So, but that's all the news I had for this week. How about you? Um, that was I had one for uh, Birds of Prey. Oh, yes, that was just released today. Yeah. What you got there, man? Um, well, basically just, uh, it went so fast, we had like, what was that, like maybe a 15 or 11 second snippet of uh, the um, costumes and the actors, uh, who they will be playing and what they look like. They're definitely sticking, I guess that makes sense, as Harley Quinn's going to be in here, I'm not really sure how I feel about that. I was hoping to be a one and done, um, but it seems like they're still using that whole Suicide Squad grunge, grunge look for all the characters. Um, but we have Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn in a new outfit for uh, Harley Quinn. <coughs> Um, something looking like from the 80s mixed in with something you'll find in Hot Topic. Um, we have Ewan McGregor in a black um, suit, but he's only wearing sunglasses, his shades. He's not wearing the black mask mask yet, so we might get that later in the movie. I don't want to spoil it for us yet. Then we have uh, Junae, uh I'm trying to pronounce her name there. Um, but we have Black Canary. Um, she's uh, rocking the blonde. She's got some type of gold something in her hand and she looks like once again something out of a punk rock band <laughs> a 80s hair band which actually that that fits if you um the current black canary remember wasn't what is in a band the current black canary right, in the um, she's like a club singer or something for a uh, late nights uh she gets up on stage and performs with a band uh we saw that in the uh, crossover too of uh the looney tunes uh, then we have uh, Mary Elizabeth uh, Winstead as Huntress. She's carrying, of course, a crossbow. She was carrying that in the promo, too. She was holding it down in, in the picture. She's aiming it at the screen. Uh, and never – I don't remember hearing about this guy before. Uh, Chris uh, Menzanza Min, as uh, Victor Zaz. Now, he yeah, we heard about sparked. that. I think it was two weeks ago or three weeks ago. We got the casting on that that he had been cast for that. I never heard of this actor before. I've heard they were um, getting a Victor Zaz, but I never heard yeah, of this Chris guy. Yeah, Chris seems like in this – uh, promo picture. He has not one scar on him, so I'm very curious on how yeah, that's going to go. Yeah, there's no scars, and he actually has hair. Shirt. And he has hair, so I don't know. Uh, like I said, it's going to be a different take on a lot of the characters. Then you have um, Rosie uh, Perez. She, I think she's perfect for uh, um, Renee Montoya. When I've seen her in other stuff, it's like, oh yeah, she'd play a great Renee Montoya. Yeah. So um, now I don't know if she'll be questioning here or just Renee Montoya. We don't know. Probably yet. just Renee Montoya right now. Um, and then the last one is. Uh, Ellie J. Basco as Cassandra Kane. She has a cast on her. She's got a hood on and a, uh, uh, I want to say a flat bill hat. So yeah. uh, she's looking like a little punk kid. <laughs> I wonder and if we're actually going to see her as Orphan in this. Are we going to see her as Orphan in this, you think? At least maybe get to introduce the Batman, maybe, or somebody. Um, but we have everybody in here from Birds of Prey except for Oracle, which I have a problem with. Well, we don't know. Uh, they may be holding on to that also. Could I be, hope. could be. I really hope uh, they're holding on to either Oracle or uh, Barbara Gordon to be a surprise. And it's weird it's being called Birds of Prey. As I say, a lot of these characters seem to not have been in, they haven't really gotten into their character yet. So uh, it seems like this might be a little prequel take on a lot of these characters, what they did before. 
Uh, yeah, this that, is that's interesting it where we're going to go with that. Do we, does it, it doesn't say here when they're planning on releasing this, do they? We know it's 2020 no, sometime. And the trailer says something about coming soon or we'll see, we'll see you soon. I think they're planning this to be late 2020 because Wonder Woman 2 or Wonder Woman 84 is actually early 2020. Right. So uh, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. We'll get there. We'll find out here, like they said, soon. <laughs> they're getting ready to start filming. That's what this is. They, they just started filming on this. So right. Well, from there, we got one more thing we got to do before the end of the show. Yes, have somewhere to go. And that song sound means one thing. This week, like every week, it's time to take our weekly trip to the comic book shop. This week, our yes, comic yes. shop pull list is for January thir- or 30th, 2019. And we got 16 books coming out, that, which is interesting for a fifth week of the month. Usually, yeah. the fifth week, it's a lot lighter, and it's just annuals. Right. Um, but we got all the annuals and all the regular books. So uh, let's start this off with Action Comics number 1001, or 1007, sorry. The Cobra, oh, Cult, good. the Cobra Cult Conspiracy ensnares Daily Planet photographer Jimmy Olsen, drawing the attention of the Man of Steel. But be careful, Superman. There's more lurking in the shadows of Metropolis than just a snake cult. Art is done by Steve Epting and is written by Brian Michael Bendis. This is interesting because this seems like it's a little bit of a step away. Or no, no, Su- Superman is the one that they're dealing with the Red Mist, right? Yeah, um, that Red, Red Mist was shown in the first issue, I think, of Action. Yeah, yeah, first yeah that's, the, uh, so first this is actually a step away issue. from that. This is a step away yeah, from that and that there. new gang thing. So it's going to be interesting to see that um, this is, where are we going to get back to them or not? Because this has nothing to do with the um, fires in the city or anything like that. That's what Action has been dealing with recently. Right. So is this um, going to be a one off or is this tie into that? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, Action has been a little... I don't know, I'm not going to say weird, but it's been a different take, a spin on what I was used to seeing from when we first started Rebirth for Superman. Well, the thing is, that um, action now is very similar to what uh, we got with some of the... Because remember, like I said, in the 90s when I was reading it, there was four different action... Or there was five different action Superman series running. One of them was only a quarterly series, but each one had a different aspect. One of them actually was more about the city and the things going around. Things like you'd have mm. a whole issue where there's no Superman, but you'd have guys like Gangbuster or Guardian is the main character in it. Before my time of getting yeah. into there. <laughs> so there's plenty of room in Metropolis to play with all kinds of different things. Um, but next here we have Batgirl issue number 31. And this issue is Batgirl for Congress, plus Max Assassin and Awkward X's. Barbara Gordon volunteers a campaign for an up-and-coming reformer Congress um, candidate who wants to take on the GCPD. That puts Barbara Gordon in a tough spot against her father, Police Commissioner James Gordon. And when it's, when things couldn't get any more awkward for a former female, uh, renites Barbara's life, personal um, agent and uh, mass supervillain, hunting mystery target, it's going to be a long day for Babs. Um, now, art is done by Norm uh, Rumpud and Paul Politer. And this is written by uh, Margaret Scott. Margaret Scott. Yeah. This is an interesting story because originally Barbara really went to work for this Congress lady 
because there was some issues she saw and she wanted to protect her, if I remember right. Or she was investigating right. some murders and stuff, and so she went to go work for this lady. And then the problem is her dad put his foot down, and so she put her yeah. foot down, and they're both being stubborn at the moment. Yeah, um, and her, like she said, is in a very awkward spot. I'm wondering who the ex is coming in here. I don't know. We'll find out here this week. Well, next up, we get Batman Beyond number 28. The Joker prepares to deliver his final punchline. Everything in the kitchen sink hits the fan for Batman and Robin. And even with Dick Grayson's help, the dynamic duo of tomorrow and Bruce Wayne may not stand a chance. Will Joker turn Terry's brother into the new, into the new Jason Todd is now a good Hmm. time for Terry and Bruce to clash. And why are Neo Gothamites cheering on the ground print that the crowd that try that again. Why are the Neo Gothamites cheering on the clown prince? Will anyone survive the final joke? Art's done also by Norm Rapind and Brett Booth, and is written by Dan Jurgens. This is interesting. They said Grayson helping. I wonder, are we going to get a, um, is he going to put on the mask and actually be a Batman Beyond version of Nightwing? Uh, maybe. Uh, it looks like that in the, um, cover here. Yeah. No, no, no. That's Batman Beyond, that's Batman above, and that's Robin below. That Robin? Let me look yeah, at that's that. Matt. Yeah, you're right. Okay. That's Matty McGinnis. Looks a lot like Night. I was never a His costume does there. look a little like Nightwing, so. Yeah. So. Uh, but next we have Detective Comics issue 997. We are getting up there. Three more issues away. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. There's no man on Earth. Oh, I'm sorry. There's no man on Earth more uh, convicted than he knows what makes Batman uh, tick than Dr. Hugo Strange. What makes him a natural target for the thing that's hunting Batman, unless Batman gets there first. Uh, Art's done, done by Jamie Mendoza, uh, Doug Mankey, and written by Peter J. Tomasi. Okay. Next up, this one's interesting because we get... I'm wondering if this is not just a week late or something because we have The Flash and then The Flash Annual, the next one, both on the same week. So we have The Flash yeah. number 63. It's two against one, when Gemini tag teams the Flash. The threat is doubled for the Scarlet Speedster when Gemini gets their hands on the Strength Force. But where's that leave Powerhouse? She and the Flash must decide, must ride or die together in order to get her super strength back. But, they've, uh, but they'll have to survive a trip through the Strength Force first. Follow along in Flash's footsteps on the next leg of the Force Quest, of his Force Quest. Art's done by Jordi Tarragona, and Rafa Sandoval, and is written by Joshua Williamson. This next one is a Flash Annual number two. It's that time already. Um, now, this is this a tie-in from the Heroes in Christ. Yeah, this is one we've been waiting on for a while. Yeah, you finally see how we Barry's get this. opinion on this. Um, in Barry's grief and guilt following Wally's, Wally West's death at the sanctuary, he refuses to um, divine... Divulge. Uh, Devall in the heartbreaking news to the rest of the Flash family until he's searching every corner of the globe for his former partner, including inside the Speed Force itself. But his journey into the heart of all the Speedsters' powers individually triggers um, the uh, release of a long, long lost uh, ally, Godspeed. Uh oh. And when Godspeed uh, in, uh, in immediately uh, races off to attack Kid Flash, Wallace West, Barry must hunt him down for a former friend to check the followers, his followers of the speed of the speedsters. Um, what is Godspeed's planning? What does he want 
with the rest of the Flash family. Can barely protect everyone after he couldn't save Wally. With a heart-wrenching uh, apprentice from uh, Wally's former sidekick. Appearance. The well, yeah. recently uh, returned Bart Allen and his... Oh, there you go. This uh, annual is absolute can't miss for all Flash fans. Yes, we there got we impulse on this issue. We're getting to see like, everybody in here except for Jay Garrett and, uh, well, of course, Wally, sadly. Well, um, but you our can't stuff get Jay Scott yet. Collins and written by uh, Joshua Williamson. Yeah. Well, no, no. Jay is actually in this universe still. Oh, he's there, but I don't know if he's going to appear in this book. Yeah, I don't know. Been, it uh, seems like with what they're saying uh, there, he should be in this. Hopefully. So, but from there, we move on to Justice League Annual Number 1. The source wall has degraded too much, and the ju- and the league must patch the hole right now, or the whole multiverse will collapse. Our heroes scramble for a solution and turn to the only thing that might work, the Omega Titans. Remember those guys? Uh-huh. The only problem, they killed the Entropy Titan back in Justice League No Justice. Whoops, but never fear. Kyle Rayner, Miss Martian, and Steel from the non-planet-eating Titans team guest starred with a plan to create a new Entropy Titan, one that's so crazy it might just work. The It's written by, or it's art's done by Juan Albarin and Daniel Sampier. It's written by Scott Snyder and James Tynion, or James Tynion IV. Uh, next here is Justice League Odyssey. It's Cyborg and Jessica Cruz versus Giant Battle Robot. To the death. <laughs> to save her teammates, Starfire must absorb the next uh, language in the Codex in order to gain new dark powers. But this uh, Rosetta Stone should prove or could prove dangerous to Corey. And betrayal looms for the Odyssey League when uh, Rapture kidnaps Azrael and offers him a deal that could save the Ghost Sector as long as he sells out his teammates. Hmm, that's not really helping, is it? Yeah. Uh, art done by Carmen D. Domenico and written by Joshua Williams. Okay. And one your favorite, is an interesting next. character in this, so it's weird where they're going with him a little bit. Yeah. But the next one, this one has been fun. We have Old Lady Harley number four. Harley's next. Harley's on to the next stop on her quest to find out how the Joker is haunting her from beyond the grave, and that's the fifty-first state of Atlantis. Sure, the city under the sea is all Starbucks and waterlogged hipsters now, but since Aquaman has la- was the last person to see the Clown Prince alive, can the King of the Sea provide Harley with some much-needed answers? And will they come? Will they come in time before the Laughing Boys make their ult- ultimate move? Art is done by Inaki Miranda and written by Frank Thierry. Next one is Raven, Daughter of Darkness, issue number 12. This should Raven be the last joined, one in this uh, series, I believe, so. I'm sorry? This should. <clears throat> this is the finale of this series. Oh, okay, yep, it's number 12. Uh, Raven has joined uh, Baron Winter's new fight force to battle an ancient mystical assassin known as the Shadow Riders. But she discovers the Riders were created to protect mankind from arcanes. Super uh, naturally powered individuals who were not always heroes. Can it be true that Raven and the Night Force have been the bad guys all along? Very possible, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Art done by Potman and uh, written by Marv Wolfman. It'll be interesting with this being over. Where where's Wolfman moving on to from here? Uh, we don't know. It might it might be a while before we see him on another title. To be honest, yeah. we don't know. Well, we'll find out soon, but the next one is Silencer, number 13. 
And remember, this is one of the two New Age of DC Heroes books that are still going. How could we possibly top the shocking final page of Silencer number 12? Buckle up and find out. The Leviathan War ends, and a winner rises. Well, what does that mean for the Silencer? At long last, learn the secrets behind Silencer's, the Silencer's powers, her rise as Talia's right hand, and how she became the woman known as Honor Guest. Art's done by Sandu Floria and V. Ken Marion, and is written by Dan Abnett. All right, next here we have Teen Titans Annual number one. Uh, betrayed by the Red Hood, Damien hunts down Jason Todd and vows vengeance or death. Meanwhile, uh, Daijin and the rest of the Titans battle one of the other's closest allies, Joystick. But when Control Freak learns of all Daijin's uh, most dangerous secrets, Daijin will do anything to keep the Titans from uh, finding out the truth. Uh, art done by Ryan Benjamin and written by Adam Glass. Cool. Next up, we get to The Terrifics, number 12. This is the other one that's still live. The Terrifics disband, but they're going to need <coughs> to get back together if they're going to save Mr. Terrific from Doc Dredd's new team, The Dreadfuls. Plus, Rex Mason takes a huge plunge, Vata Phantom Girl bolts her planet, <laughs> and Plastic Man, I can't even pronounce her planet, there's no vowels. It's B-G-Z-T-L. See, uh... and plastic man stretches out the family drama with his son luke who's struggling with his own super elastic powers will our heroes reunite in time to save mr terrific from an evil version of him of themselves art's done by victor bogdanovic and it's written by jeff lemire all right um next one is wonder woman issue number 63 when themyscira themyscira and the remnants of olympus Fell, the gods weren't the only refugees to come to Earth. A small horror of mystical creatures have found their way here, and they're determined to start new lives. But what happens when the people of our world are are uh, uh, are equally determined not to let uh, to let them? Can uh, Diana open their minds and show them that the uh, center is more than half of a person? Uh, centaur is half a person. Um, Art by Ryan McCarty, Emmanuel Lapacino, and written by G. Willow Wilson. Okay. Next one is actually the next step in Heroes in Crisis. Heroes in Crisis number five. The secrets of the DC Universe are hacked. Sanctuary wasn't supposed to keep records. But now that the AI is compromised, superhero secrets are leaking all over the net. Booster and Harley are set aside their differences to focus on who they believe is the real killer, Assuming one of them isn't lying, that is. Meanwhile, Batman and the Flash continue to investigate the mysterious murder, and the answers can be found in Sanctuary. But is it safe to go digging in the crime scene? Art's done by Clay Mann and written by Tom King. And then next we get our seasonal special. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Uh, This is Mysteries of Love in Space, issue number one. This is going to be 9992. It's going to be a big issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes love can make you feel like you're from another planet. But what if you actually were? Join Superman, the new guys, Green Lantern, Starro, Hot Girl, and every and even the Teen Titans' new sensation crush uh, for eight tales of romance that will whisk you to the moon and back. And I've got a big line up here. Uh-huh. Are some by uh, Max Dunbar, Alina uh, Cassid. Cassandra, Casa Grande, uh, Casa Grande uh, Cal Holtz, uh, Tom uh, Gar- 
Minto and Robert. various. Yeah, and then various other artists. Uh, written by Jeff uh, Loveless, Loveness, uh, Kyle Higgins, Cecile Castavelli, uh, Sladen Aham, uh, James T. Tinian the Fourth, and various. Yep. So this is going to be well. It's eight stories. So there's various other writers for this also. So this is going to be right, right. all of these specials are fun. We usually have the Halloween special. We got a we get the um. The main big ones that I remember, I think we get the Halloween special, the holiday special. This is the Valentine's, and then we do they do one sometime in the midsummer. Remember, in the summer we had the villains beach blanket thing, right? So these ones are always fun stories. So, but I think that brings us to the end of this issue. I think so. So, super friends, thanks for hanging out with us again this week. Uh, it's interesting seeing what's going on at dc it's nice to see that they are focusing on publishing and actual their books but um right. where are we going from here though like with things like uh hannah barbera t- stepping away in things it's gonna be interesting what shakes out when all this is done said and done yeah i don't know uh, how they're gonna be operating a lot of the other stuff they're gonna have uh on their i guess in their company <laughs> yeah uh, but we will find out in the next weeks and months ahead. But, Super Friends, what do you think about all these restructuring? And did you enjoy Young Justice? Did you get a chance to watch Young Justice yet? Let us know. Uh, Vern, why don't you let them know how they can find us? Guys, you can find us on our website, dcsuperpowers.com. From there, you can find our sponsors, our gear. You can find the videos that we put on YouTube. Uh, you can find our Twitch link. Um, you can find everything from our Akron Comic Con and any other Comic Con that we will go to. We'll upload the pictures. Um, you can also find us on our social media sites, which is Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. On Facebook and Instagram, we are DC Superpowers Podcast. Um, and we are uh, at, D- at Superpowers DC on Twitter. Uh, my personal usage, you can find me uh, Howling at Wolf on Instagram, Twitter on Yellow, and Vernon McWaymore on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram as. Uh, Ke- or Facebook and Twitter. That uh, women. No, it's oh, Twitter man. and Instagram as GW1Ken. On Facebook, I'm just Ken Rose. You can also email us DC Superpowers Podcast at gmail.com. We're also on our, the, our network homes of the Tangibound Network at tangiboundnetwork.com and WeBeGeeks at WeBeGeeksPC.com. And for there, uh, do you have anything else tonight, today, Vern? Um, I think that's it. And Super Friends, now remember, you can always go to Twitch and look up the DC Superpowers podcast on Twitch. Now, I know the last couple weeks we've not been in, got a chance to get on there, but um, we are planning on getting back to Twitch as soon as possible. And um, so you will be able to find us on there every time we record. If you subscribe to the channel, it'll tell you every time we're on there so you can watch the show live and interact with us as we're there. So, but from there, Vernon, thank you for hanging out with me, brother. And I'll see you next week. Nice fun. And super friends, we'll see you next week. See you guys. Take care. <laughs>